All right, well, I guess we're live. Welcome back to another episode of Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. My name is DJ Sir Daniel. Um, I want to give a special shout out to the live audience that's here. Give yourselves a round of applause. We are broadcasting live from Atlanta at the DJ, the Scratch Atlanta DJ Academy. I want to give a shout out to uh, Precise, DJ Precise, once again for allowing us to use the space. We thank you. We thank you, sir. Uh, on the give mix- it up, give it up, man. Yeah, louder, louder, louder. <laughs> Make some goddamn noise. <laughs> right, drink champs. Nah, but um, <laughs> right, 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 right. and on the um, and on the mix just now, you heard DJ Tommy Black cutting it up for us while we were getting in the mood here for this um, for this interview for our next guest. Tommy. And I'm happy. I'm happy you are listening because that means you made it through the past few weeks, which have been eventful to say the least. But I'm here to distract you for about an hour or so, and this is going to be an excellent show. This episode focuses on a brother that I feel like I feel like I've been shadowing him for the past couple of decades, and we didn't even know it. Oh shit! Yeah, today's guest has been a staple on the Atlanta airwaves as a premier mix show DJ. He is an Atlanta DMC champion, Red Bull three three star uh, finalist. He's also spent over a decade touring with probably one of Atlanta's major rap artists, superstars. Um, If you're lucky enough to have him as your instructor here at the Scratch Atlanta Academy, uh, I consider yourself lucky that you've had him as your teacher. So when we come back, we're going to chop it up with the one and only DJ JC. This one is going to be a live wire, y'all. I mean, it might go viral. I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers. But look, this is Shuffle and Repeat the Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Sir Daniel. Keep it locked. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode of Shuffle and Repeat the Podcast is brought to you by my friends at Scratch DJ Academy Atlanta. All DJs are not created equal, but we can all start with a solid foundation. If you want to start your DJ journey, please contact my friends at Scratch Academy today. If you're in the beginning stages or you want to tighten up your skills or even learn production, contact the Scratch Academy by logging on to scratch.com and pick the location closest to you. Again, that's scratch.com and pick the location nearest you. It's that simple. And welcome back to Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. I'm your host, DJ Sir Daniel. Once again, thank you to our um, audience here live at the Scratch Atlanta DJ Academy. Give yourselves a round of applause again. <laughs> As I said in the intro, this is going to be um, this is going to be a great interview. Um, I'm honored to be sitting next to the one and only DJ JC. Give it up for him. DJ JC is in the building. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, bro. Oh, no, not at all, man. Listen, you and I, we had an impromptu pre-interview session at the sound table. Shout out to all those drinks. Um, yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, like three glasses. Of- yeah, that was a very live um, conversation that will. I'm going to let you save all that stuff for the book. Cause that's that that was that was a live conversation that we had, okay. and um, yeah, we need to save you need to save that for the book, but um, yeah, um, you describe yourself as one of the most versatile DJs on the scene. Yes. So, uh, so what do you attribute your versatility? Um, let me see. Uh, 
I, I grew up listening to a lot of a lot of different music, man. You know, uh, originally from Detroit. Um, a lot of different styles of, of music was played on the radio. You know, as a, as, as a kid, you know, I, I was exposed to a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had. Uh, you know, you know how some people say it. It uh, it takes a, a village. You know, in referring to you know uh, raising kids and all that kind of stuff, I, I had a I had a musical village that I was surrounded by. Wow. Who's yeah. in that village? Well, first first off, uh, you know my my great grandma. You know she uh, had a record store. Nice. Right? She had a had a record store. You remember uh, the name of the store? C and J Records. And that was in Detroit. In Detroit, right on uh, Intervale, on the corner of Intervale and North Lawn. Wow, is, you know. is it still there or? Oh, no, 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 okay. no. It, it closed like in the mid 70s. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, so because of her, I was definitely exposed to records. You know, I've been surrounded by records all my life. Right. You know, so um, radio, uh, radio wasn't, wasn't segregated like it is now, you know. So uh, on our heritage, Station WJLB, you could hear the Jackson Five, Isley Brothers, as well as Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. uh, Steely Dan, you know, uh, just a, a wide variety of music. You know, I had next door neighbors that were into Roy Ayers, Donald Byrd, Black Uhuru. Uh, I, I wasn't really uh, the, 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 the reggae guy you mm-hmm. know so like when they would smoke weed and, and play Bob Marley and all that kind of stuff I would kind of tune it out Be like ah, I don't really understand it you know but um, a lo- definitely a lot of music was, was played in my in my household you know my mom was into a lot of a lot of different things you know the the main ingredient was one of her favorite groups okay. you know uh, she came up on like uh, Jerry Butler uh, you know, of course, you know, you, you, you can't say enough about the Motown era. Of course. Right um, right there in their backyard. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Hitsville, USA, you know. Uh, so growing up with that, that's like a, uh, the, the recipe for a perfect storm, basically, for a perfect DJ. is like you growing up with all that, the musical influence and, right. you know, access to records and, you know, shout out to all the mom and pops. And we're going to discuss... Um, Record stores and retails a little bit later. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? Fast forward when we come. So you you came here to Atlanta. Yeah. And um, when you, you discussed your journey in Atlanta, an Atlanta landmark came up in our conversation. Speaking of record stores, okay. why was earwax important to the culture, to Atlanta cult, hip hop culture, and just hip hop, just in DJ general, culture, period, and DJ culture, and period. Know, period. Uh, earwax was very important, man. You know. Uh, before Earwax, you definitely had record stores, mom and pop record stores in, in different neighborhoods, mm-hmm. right? But when Earwax came, it kind of, uh, you know, DJs from all different pockets of the city just kind of congregated on the corners of uh, 11th and Peachtree. Right. You know, D- DJs that would normally stay on their side of town in Decatur. Mm-hmm. Right, DJs that would normally stay on the on the south side, south in the in the SWATs, and buy records at like Super Sound, uh, 
and third world enterprises. Now all these DJs are congregating in this one spot. And I'm talking about DJs of all types, DJs of all types of skill, different skill sets. Right. You know, uh, earwax was that was that that uh, that 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 point. You know, where people of all types of different musical backgrounds just kind of came together, and you know, you started. Uh, you, you know, I, I say Ear, earwax definitely was instrumental in bringing the entire DJ community together. What was the brother's name that ran it? Was it Jazz? Jazz. Jazz, yeah. Actually, Jazz wasn't the only one. He was kind of the face of it, but there were other people, you know, that were also involved with it. You know, uh, Talib Shabazz. Mm -hmm. You had uh, Shabazz, you know, from the Nation Time Syndicate. Uh, they they were... Now, that's a name, a name I haven't heard in at least two decades. Nation Time Syndicate. Yeah. We'll, and we'll talk a little yeah, bit about was, the, yeah, their yeah. radio history, yep. Atlanta Shout the radio Shout history. Shout the Nab and DJ definitely. Flash and uh, Minister Server. Mm -hmm. you know. But Airwax, like you said, was a hub. And I remember Airwax being a place like, you know, if you were an up-and-coming MC, like Airwax would host ciphers and freestyle sessions. Mm -hmm. and DJ battles. DJ mm -hmm. battles. And at that time, you know, if you were a DJ on the come-up, you could go in um, – Earwax mm -hmm. and leave your mixtapes to be sold and you know to be to be picked up. Mm -hmm. So for DJs listening right now, why are mixtapes important? Well, the def the definition of mixtape is so is so different now. It's definitely changed a lot. You and know, that was going to be a follow up question. You know, like, so some people's definition of a, a mixtape now is just a bunch of uh, material of, of rappers just you know rapping over other people's beats mm -hmm. or you know sometimes a, original music um, so it's not really a mixtape in the the DJ sense right. or at least not from the you know the, the era that I came up in you know a mixtape was all about a DJ showing their skill Correct. You know, mixing records together, you know, cutting them up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's that's what my that's what the definition of a mixtape will always be to me and others, you know, like myself that came up in the 80s, early, early 90s. So with that definition of what mixtapes are and what makes them important to the culture, what makes a great mixtape from a from that standpoint, from a DJ standpoint, from a DJ standpoint, um, you know, a, a great mixtape, man. You know, it 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 it, uh, it allows you to go into the psyche of of that DJ, mm -hmm. right? You know, if a DJ is playing some really fly shit on his mixtape, you're like, okay, all right. Um, it you know, yeah, it it just gives you a a good glimpse into into how that how that DJ's mind works you know how, how he puts mu he or she excuse me mm -hmm. uh puts music together so and now with the orgasm series what what do we learn about you through your orgasm series because that's been you've been doing that for a minute <clears throat> yeah uh my first orgasm mixtape was actually in 2008 mm -hmm. um i just wanted like at that point in time i i wanted people to see that i was more than someone's tour DJ, right? You know, like from 2000 to about 2008, 
you know, unless you really knew me personally, uh, a lot of people just knew me as Ludus DJ, mm-hmm. right? And the only thing that you would ever think of me is, oh, he's that guy that's on stage with Ludacris. But you didn't really know much about me. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I just, uh, while under the influence of uh, Patron and, and grapefruit juice, that was my poison okay. of the time. Uh, I just, I, you know, I just... I just put some songs together. Um, you know, I started out mixing uh, Tomorrow by the Brothers Johnson, and I put the uh, acapella of Rich Boy Throw throw Some D's okay. on top of it. And it came out better than I thought, and I was just like, okay, let me just keep, keep going. Yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, this was when my MySpace was popular. So, you know, like when I was done, you know, I just put the mixtape on MySpace. You know, not really concerned with going viral or whatever. I just wanted people to be like, yo, he he knows, he knows about his of, music. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, I got to shout out my man uh, John Gotti from uh, the smoking section. Um, he got a hold of, of my uh, mix and he put it on the smoking section. And then next thing I know, people from different parts of the, the country, overseas, were like, hey, this eargasms, this shit is kind of pretty dope. dope, right. <laughs> do you recall, do you remember your very first mixtape, like pre, pre-superstardom, pre-Luda, all of that good stuff? My f- Before you even got to V, any of that stuff? It could um, be your pa- first pause in... Pause and release some oh, okay. mixtape, well, which you know, we've all done. I, I definitely remember a lot of pa- different pause mixes that I used to do, but um, I remember I, I used to work at this record store called Peppermint, yes. Peppermint Records in Greenbrier Mall, and uh, I had a, a, a manager. Uh, his name was Troy, and uh, you know I, I used to uh, just mix crazy things together you know one day um i decided to uh like heaven by bb and cc winans was, was like my jam and one day in my bedroom i just decided to mix it with set it off <laughs> right just on a on a, a whim i brought it to the store the next day and he was like what in the fuck <laughs> like who in the hell would think of mixing set it off with BB and CC Winans and the shit actually made sense you know like uh you know I I, I basically just kind of wanted wanted to make some shit that you could put in your car and 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 thump and 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 you know bump right so uh you know set, set it off had a lot of bass in it of course and, you know you yeah you know so uh that was definitely one of the uh, first early things that I put together that made me uh, think that this was something that I wanted to really pursue. Cool. So we've delved into the the origins of your mixtape, your mixtape sessions, and now we're going to fast forward um, to a moment that changed your life. As a matter of fact, when we come back, we're going to talk about the gig that changed your life and talk about going on the road with DJ JC and all that entails, all the 
all the, the, the sordid stories of the backstage and the after party, yeah. well, dun, 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 you know, dun, dun. all that good stuff. But right. so keep it locked right there. This is Shuffle and Repeat. I'm DJ Sir Daniel. My special guest is DJ JC. Listen, this is going to be a good one. Keep it locked right here. Oh, it's Shuffle yeah. and Repeat, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Today's episode of Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast is brought to you by Scratch DJ Academy Atlanta. Do your friends trust you with the aux cord while you're riding in the car? Is your workout playlist lit? Well, maybe you have the gift. Explore your talents at Scratch Academy. Log on to scratch.com and pick the location nearest you. Again, that's scratch.com and pick the location nearest you and drop the needle today and tell them Shuffle and Repeat sent you. And now back to the show. And we're back at Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. I'm your host, DJ Sir Daniel. My special guest for this episode is DJ JC. Shout out again to DJ Tommy Black in the mix. Um, shout out again to uh, Scratch Atlanta, DJ Academy, DJ Precise, the whole crew that um, allowed us to do this here. Also, I want to shout out to my producer and engineer, Johnny Cornegade in the building, all the expertise in the house. And um, before we came, the last segment, we were talking about mixtapes. Yeah. And you talked about Set It Off, which is by sh- the record by Strafe, which yeah. is a classic. And it reminded me of um, a lot of old Edward J. mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And for those of you outside of Atlanta, um, Edward J. was like a, a huge staple in the in the record, the mom and pop record store business here in Atlanta, and was mm-hmm. very important very. to the hip hop culture as it, you know, f- from a South standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you know, just give them a little lesson on who Edward J is. Oh man, Edward J. I, I I can't say enough about Edward J. His his wife and uh, lady DJ, but uh, originally from Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he came to Atlanta. I guess like late 70s and you know or or the early 80s I'm not quite sure so you know um don't quote me on that but um he had a record store man um Candler Road right well that's that wasn't the first location the the first location or excuse me at least the first location that I'm familiar with uh was on Fayetteville Road uh right off of Flat Shoals um Indicator, okay, um, and you know uh, that was a spot you could go, man. You know to get uh, mixtapes. You know uh, he uh, he used to mix records. He also had other DJs that would make mixtapes. Uh, you know some names you might be familiar with for those of you listening. Uh, if you're familiar with MC Shadi. Shadi used to make mixtapes, um, you know, at the Edward J. Shop. Uh, Shadi's DJ, DJ Man, used to make mixtapes um, that sold like hot hot cakes uh, out of the the J. Shop. Uh, if you're familiar with Success and Effect, mm. you know, roll from, it uh, up, my homeboy. Yep, uh, my pal, my friend DJ <laughs> Lin. You know, he was also. You know, uh, on the J team, he made mixtapes that sold like crazy. Yeah. Uh, Lady DJ, who was Edward J's sister, 
she sold mixtapes that sold like crazy. Like basically, Edward J and the J team had Atlanta on smash. Now, totally. Anybody that that will try to dispute that, it, it's it's undisputable. Yeah, they're probably not even from Atlanta. If they try to dispute <laughs> right. it. Like, and I'm not even originally from Atlanta. I'm a transplant, but I've been here long enough to know right. about that history and how important it was to for um, Atlanta to represent hip hop. And somebody that came along in the um, the early 2000s that took hip hop to another level and represented Atlanta, of course, was the Grammy Award, Grammy nominated, and you know, movie star. Ludacris and this whole disturbing the peace camp and you had the opportunity to be his tour DJ for damn near a decade right over a decade 11 years 11 years and you went on tour with Ludacris and you know just you know tell us about that what was it like first of all how did you and Ludacris meet Uh, let's see well to be to be totally clear we met in uh sometime in 1995 mm-hmm. when he was uh, an intern at Hot 97.5. When he was Chris Lover Lover. Actually, before he was Chris Lover Lover. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaka Zulu was the music director at Hot. Uh, I used to live in College Park. And uh, one day, Shaka invited me up to the station to get some records. You know, radio stations, we have tons of promo copies laying all over. Lots of vinyl everywhere, yeah. Uh, But because Hot was the hip-hop station, they had uh, a lot of hip-hop promos, you know, just, you know, so many copies, you Mm -hmm. know, the Shaka. And just to set the scene for everybody listening and watching, you said, you mentioned Hot, um, Hot 97, but at the time you were working for the rival radio station V103 yes which was for all intents and purposes the heritage station here in Atlanta mm-hmm. um had like the highest wattage and the longest reach everywhere in the city and outside the city 100,000 so, watts 100,000 watts and so they were pretty much the big dog on the block mm-hmm. for years uncontested uncontested but then like you said in 95 um hot 97 came along mm-hmm. which was a radio 1 radio 1 um affiliate mm-hmm. and so you were, you know, hanging out at the the rival radio station, as it were. But well, on some I, I DJ was, stuff. To basically. be clear, yeah, I wasn't really hanging out there. Okay. You know, it was Shaka just invited me to come through and look through some vinyl, like whatever I didn't have. I and was you going, and Shaka went back before that. Yep. To the know, WRFG days, WRFG, right? You know, Shaka um, used to uh, host a show called Panther Power Hour. On um, 89.3. Free the land. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to his dad. Shout out to his dad. Yeah. yeah. You call him on the phone. That's the first thing he says. Free the land. Before he even says hello. But, um, yeah. You know, so I just used to go up there just to grab extras. Yeah. Chris just happened to be up there. And uh, that's where we first met face to face. But what was crazy about that meeting was he was familiar with me as a DJ before meeting me mm-hmm. because he used to listen to the mix shows on 88.5, right? 
right? That's the Rhythm and Vibe show, Rhythm right? and Vibe show uh, that will come on on Sundays. Also, the Bomb mix show that will come on Saturdays mm-hmm. uh, from 8 to 10. And then we would do a little bass show afterwards called the 10 o'clock drop from 10 to 11. But, yeah, so Chris was already – he was familiar with me. Mm-hmm. The way that I could tell that he was familiar with me was because he actually quoted – a specific mix that I did. So that let me know, okay, he wasn't bullshitting, you know, when he said that he was actively listening because he was like, yo, I remember you played this Slick Rick slick Rick beat that had all these, diff- you were mixing in all these TV themes on top of it. I was like, okay, all right, yeah, you, this guy, he's paying attention. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that he was a rapper. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know anything about his previous background you know prior to that moment i just knew him as a guy that was interning for shaka right so uh fast forward a couple years uh maybe like 97 um now he's chris lover lover uh he's doing specialized intros you know for all the djs that were on staff you know and i just remember hearing he he did an intro he was rapping um I forget what beat he was rapping over, but he, you know, he he was flowing, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, all right, dude, sounds." He was serious, he, yeah, he, you and, know, he, and people were recognizing him for that. Exactly, right. So that was like 1997. Fast forward another two years, mm-hmm. um, I I used to play at this this spot called Kaya on Sundays, uh, um, which was. Earwax. It was next to Earwax. Next to Earwax, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, old School Sundays, that was an event um, put on by DJ Nabs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I used to run into, I used to see Chris at different little spots around the city. And uh, on one particular night, just kind of out of the blue, you know, he was like, yo, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm working on some music. And, uh, you know, I... I I want want you to put some scratches on my songs. Now, at that point, everybody everybody and their mama, you know, would walk around town talking about they were affiliated with a record label, blah 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 blah, and you know, people would, yo, I want you to do this, da da da, but it would never materialize into anything. So, I thought that that was basically going to be what it was when he started talking. Yo, I want you to scratch on my stuff. That I, you know, especially considering he was working at a hip hop station that had tons of DJs on their staff. Like, mm-hmm. if you, you're working at Hot, you got DJs like Harold Banks, Nabs, Cersei, Doc, mm-hmm. Jelly. You know, you got all these DJs that work at your station, but you're you're coming re- to me. You're coming to me, right? I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> okay, but you thought Chris needed more people. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, spring of of two thousand, he puts out uh, "What's Your Fantasy." Yes. Uh, now speaking to the DJs out there, you know, a lot of you you might have the the Def Jam copy of "What's Your Fantasy," but if you, you got to remember the orange disturbing the peace label that was on the original copies of what's your fantasy Mm -hmm. you know like he was independent he had a single release party at this club called the chili pepper red hot tuesdays Mm -hmm. you know was this the same was fat rabbit on 
Actually, just, Fat Rabbit was was Fat Rabbit was a couple years before before that. Yeah, yeah so because he, Fat Rabbit was originally on Timberland's first okay. album, and that was a local hit. Fat yeah, Rabbit, you it, know, that it, was it, something it, it jumped was, off a little. It bit. It was a big. It was a very big record here. It was so big that my PD at V one hundred three, Tony Brown, used to be like, "Don't play that." Because he worked for the, the other, other station. station. Yeah. Don't play anything affiliated with Hot 97. Like, mm-hmm. we used to play any any record that had Hot 97 uh, in remember it. Remember when we, we what had about to make the, our own personal edits. Remember when uh, All About the Benjamins yeah. was really hot and that one line, and that they one. weren't even talking about Hot 97 right. here in Atlanta. They were talking about the one in New York. Yep. And they had to bleep that out because yep. that record was so big, there was no way V was going to play it. Right. But they had to bleep out the Hot yep. 97. That's how serious the radio wars were down here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, so, you know, he, he single release party. You know, uh, I was I was uh, spinning at it. It was me, Mars, Trauma, Cowboy. Shout out to uh, Midnight Marauders, Felix and Jarrell. Um, but, yeah, you know, single release party. That was like May of 2000. And then he was like, you know, um, you know, when I get this deal finalized, you know, I, I want you to DJ for me. And you were like, ah, mm-hmm. what deal? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, September, I did my first show with him in Cleveland. Um, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know that that was going to, uh, like, I I had no way of knowing dude was gonna be, because it was it it was, it was like it was crazy. Yeah, the the way that song took off, and then by the time Def Jam South picked it up and really put some shout out fire, to Scarface, shout out to Scarface, yeah. and Erica Gary, if you're listening, shout out to you. That, that used to be my homegirl. She yeah. worked with them too. Um, it took off at such a rate that it was crazy at that point. So what was like, let's let's get to the tour part. Like, Def Jam South is footing the bill for everything. You guys are first class everywhere, I'm assuming. Uh, eh? Okay, well, what for everybody. Chris, Chris for, was first class. Chris ah, and Shaka, Chris Chris and Shaka okay. were first class. Everybody so for, else was in row 92Q. Wow. So let's yeah. talk about that. Like, for all you DJs out there, myself included, if you want to, you know, you want to experience life on the road, what is life on the road like from a DJ standpoint? Uh, you know, you, you, you start out. Um, l- l- let me let me just let's talk about hotels first, right? Speak on it. You start out staying in the La Quinta, the, the, yeah, La Quinta, <laughs> the Days Inns, Howard Johnson, okay, you know, Hampton Inn, mm-hmm. you know, like all these hotels. We we were very familiar with those. Okay, uh, even when we uh, opened for Outcast on the uh, Stank Love tour. Uh, which started in February 2001 that went through like late April. You know, a lot of the hotels we were staying in were really three-star, you know. Throw them bows, mm. blew the fuck up. Now we're at Hilton's. Now we're at... Uh, Getting real classy here, yeah. Well... We're moving it, on it, up. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, up. we definitely like the Jeffersons. You yeah, know, yeah. we definitely moving on up. You it's know, a slow cook. Uh, right, you know, right, right. But you know, 
you, you know, now we're in hotels where the double trees. Double you know, you're walking yeah. in, they got cookies the on the bed. <laughs> okay. The warm you know, cookies. Yeah, got yeah, you. yeah. Or, you know, and they got they set, the, they set them out for you at the, at the front desk. Right, oh, right, right. Here you go, Mr. Reed. Uh, you know, some hot double chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. and shit. Then you go from, from those. Then, you know, uh, we started doing shows like all over the U.S., right? Because right. at first, he was kind of a regional thing, mm-hmm. right? Now we we starting to go to L.A. a lot, and you go in, going to L.A. You're in hotels like the St. Regis, you oh. know, in in Century City. You start right. you going to hotels that Jay Z is naming yeah. off in, in his yeah. records, yeah. Hotel you, you, Nico you know, and places like, like uh, that, the Indigo, and you know, yeah, yeah, you, you know, uh, Century City is is not. An area to sneeze at, you know. Now, people from you know who are Cali natives will probably be like, "Oh, Century City ain't shit," but you know, the St. Regis was a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a forty to fifty story hotel, luxury. You know, like directly behind the hotel, you got the uh, Fox Movie Studios. You know, you got top of the line shopping. You know, directly, you know, like uh, I forget the name of the mall, but it's basically the equivalent to it's, it's like what Phipps Plaza is okay. here. Right? Real fancy, so, real yeah. high, high end, you know, and I'm so, like, mm, so okay. you're basically living the life right now. Starting to get used to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so St. Regis and then we start Four Seasons, you know, now I didn't I didn't fast forward it a few years, right. but, you know, just to give you an idea of the come up right Mm -hmm. you know we're yeah we're uh four seasons we doing shit like the mandarin oriental you know going down to miami and you're not sharing a room not sharing oh yeah when you start out you're sharing you're sharing rooms like a motherfucker right you're definitely sharing rooms so you know you're trying to bring chicks to the room you can't you can't get no ass if you got a roommate (laughs) Uh uh-huh you know, you, you know, y'all gotta you have to, you have w- to work have out shit. a little system. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying. You know, put the you put know the put, put on the, the towel by the door. Know. Like, yo, do not come yeah. in. Like, busy <laughs> so, right yeah. now. Gotcha. You know, you 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 definitely sharing rooms like a motherfucker. But then you get your own room. Mm-hmm. Then it really yeah. jumps off yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, like, gotcha. like like Nas says, life is good. Life is good. <laughs> so okay, so. You've gotten to that point. We're almost a decade in, and you, you know you live in that life. And Ludacris is a multi-platinum movie star at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And the team is strong. You know, you got Shauna, who's getting major buzz in the in the club a little bit, or she's starting to get some shine. And then Titty Boy, aka Two Chains, is on the roster. He's on the sidelines, you know, waiting for his turn to blow. Uh, you even have it was Bangladesh on the team. Producer Bangladesh was he on the, the team at the beginning? Chandre, excuse mm-hmm. me, Bangladesh, but I know him as Chandre. Um, he produced Chris's entire first album, Got right? It. With the exception of, I guess, uh, I think Jermaine pr- produced a cut with Pastor Troy. And Pharrell Get off Yeah Pharrell uh, Organized Noise Produced a song on there But Outside of those Three or four Chandre produced The lion's share Of that album 
So he, so um, the team is, so that's the, the the core team right there, and the, you know Shaka, of course, is helping you guys out. So that's disturbing the peace. What happened? Like at at a certain point, the whole you know people kind of dispersed, and you know you seeing less and less of you know distur- disturbing the peace as a unit. What happened, in your opinion, from your <clears throat> from your standpoint? Uh, I mean. Okay. Um, well, first off, um, there there wasn't really that many times that all of us really rolled together as a unit. Okay. Right. You know, when I when I first started out, <clears throat> literally on the road, it was me, Chris, I twenty, Fate, I-20, yeah. and our security guard. Wow, you, you know, uh, Shauna, Sha- um, Shauna didn't really come to that many shows uh, in the beginning because she had just had a child. You know, okay. she had a child, um, and uh, you know the the child was kind of challenged a little bit, so, you know, physically challenged. So she had to, you know, she she stayed home in Chicago. Okay. Like you know, she would pretty much come out. If we were in the area, like if we did a show in Milwaukee, she'd be there. If we did a show in Indianapolis, she's there. Of course, if we're in Chicago, right? She's, she's gonna be there. You know, she's there, but um, she wasn't really, you know, out there a lot. So it's usually mostly the guys, yeah, holding it down. Yeah. Um, when did, you, when did you realize that, you know that? the four seasons era was coming to an end and things were starting to change for well, you as a DJ. Well, okay, before we get to me, there there were there were a lot of different things that I saw, you know, before my situation, you know, went haywire. Like um you know, I20 went from, you know, like you, you used to always see him with Chris, always. Like even when when Chris was uh, just uh, doing the radio thing on ninety seven five, you know, like you could always count on seeing twenty and fate, right, with him. You know, they were literally like his shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe three or four years in, you, you know, twenty had a, a solo album that came out. It didn't really do you know, what he expected it to do. And I I think when the album didn't do well, I think that's when his relationship with Shaka, you know, Shaka was the guy that really makes things happen. You know, like Chris is is the face. Okay. But really behind the scenes, Shaka is the one that's like, okay. Pushing buttons. Right, so. Cutting checks. So, you know, that fell apart. You know, I, I think uh, you know there was a there was a rivalry between I twenty and Chingy, you know, because you know Chingy wasn't wasn't a, about ori- Chingy, wasn't an yeah. original member of DTP, and so like Chingy just kind of came out of nowhere and put put out an album before twenty, mm. and kind of blew up, kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, let's, <laughs> I let's say, be real about uh, he triple platinum is uh, that's yeah. nothing to sneeze at, right? Definitely. So uh, that that created tension, you know, there was also. A fight on stage between I twenty and Shaka during a show in St. Louis. Mm. 
Like this actually, this this shit actually happened, right? But it was definitely because, you know, he was upset. You know that Chingy kind of leapfrogged him and you know put out material. Shauna had a you know album that didn't do well, as you know was, it was projected. A solid album too. It was. Uh, it could have been better, but that's just my opinion. But you know, um, so there were there were a lot of things. You know, going on, you know, uh, you know, so the, the unit was definitely dysfunctional, okay. you know, at, at times, um, you know. Um, so there was lots of expectations that, you know, w- you know how most hip hop fairy tales start off is like, yo, when I get put on, I'm putting all of y'all on and, you know, everybody's going to get put on and everybody's going to be rich and famous after that. OK, yeah. C- case in point, the Disturbing the Peace album that came out in 2002. You know, you, you had Eminem. He put his crew out. D- D12, D12. Right. Mm-hmm. You had Nelly came out with St. Lunatics. Right. Luda was just as hot sales wise. Well, n- maybe not putting up Eminem and Nelly type numbers, but he, he definitely had a lot of success. So they figured, okay, let's put a DTP album out. It went gold, but people didn't really, it, it didn't really connect. Didn't stick yeah. with the people, gotcha. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, going on a promo tour to promote that album. We tried promoting that album without Chris, because uh, Chris was shooting Too Fast, Too Furious at the mm-hmm. time. So DMX had fucked it up for like all the rappers that were making movies. You know, like he used <laughs> to do movies and disappear from the sets and shit. So when Chris was doing uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, they wouldn't let him leave the uh-huh. set, right? So we we gone uh, promoting this album. And, uh, you know, we had this big ass tour bus, you know, with everybody's face on on the bus and shit and uh you know it, it was crazy we would go to different record stores in the mall you see long ass lines you know people you know because people wanted to see luda let's just keep it one motherfucking see luda like people and, yeah. people thought luda was gonna be at the album signing and shit so lines and then you know i to this day i'm, I'm glad i'm not a rapper man Um, because like I, I witnessed on multiple occasions, like when people, all the, all the people standing in line and then when they get to the front of the line thinking that Chris is going to be there to sign the album and they don't see Chris or they didn't see Shauna, people would be like, who are these guys? (laughs) You know, like where's Luda at? Mm. Where's Shauna at? I don't want no fucking autograph from the hype man, you know, and like I, I saw this shit in multiple cities and it happened so much that our promo tour got cut in half because like a Def Jam rep had to, was traveling with us. You know, they got to report back. Exactly. They got to report back to Kevin Lyles and, you know, Leo. Where is my money yeah, going? Right. What is the return? And, you and, know, consistent yeah. negative reports like, yo, it's time uh, to bring it yeah. on in. So like after three weeks they deaded it but yeah you you know um there was a lot of dysfunctional shit going on you know behind the scenes you know for you to really get in depth and you know get to the root you know Mm -hmm. i would suggest 
you know, you do an interview with Shauna or, you know, 20 and fate, you know, so. They so, can, let's, so let's talk about let's you, talk about me, you okay. and your uh, and your relationship with with Ludacris or, you know, after spending 10 years as his supporting DJ, like what happened? Where where did you see the disconnect between you two? Well, um, I first started seeing things that didn't make sense where I was concerned as a DJ back in 2002, you know, like uh, we were on a, a tour with Eminem, you know, I, I did a mixtape and uh, didn't get any support. You know, like Chris didn't. He no cosign. No cosign. Okay. And then that's all I wanted, you know, because the mixtape was fire. Mm -hmm. Right. All you got to do is just be like, yo, this is my DJ, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I couldn't get that. And then, you know, they, they, they would start doing things for other DJs. And, you know, it would kind of be like, look, mm, I'm right here. Um, I want to drop. So so let me you know, play let me play devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. did, was your relationship and I I'm assuming after 10 years you guys did form some sort of relationship. But was there ever any discussions did you you know flat out ask or did you feel like you from didn't day have one, to ask from, and, from from day 1 I you know because I'm I'm a person that I I pay attention to other artists. Mm -hmm. And especially if the if other artists have DJs, I like to see what what they do, right? So, uh, Exhibit was was popular. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a DJ by the name of DJ Invisible from Detroit. Um, Exhibit was doing hella shows, and Invisible would always be doing parties and shit after, right? Um, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg had a DJ, DJ Jam. You know, wherever Snoop would be in town, Jam is, you know, doing a party, right? That's a, you know, that's what I wanted. Okay. You know, especially because I had a DJ career before I started working with Luda. It's not like he just kind of plucked me out of the bedroom somewhere, right? Like mm -hmm. I was already doing clubs, was already hot battles, radio, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, let me take this shit from city to city, right? Couldn't really get the cosign, you know, and, and I had conversations with him, face to face conversations with him. And he would always just kind of be like, yeah, you know, like I, I I'll try out, you, you know, what, what, what I learned was there would be a, a lot of passing the buck, you know, like he would pretend to not know about something and then be like, well, you should have asked Shaka, right? Then I go to Shaka. Ask Chris. You with Chris every day, blah blah. You, you know, just kind of back and forth because they don't really want to just keep it. You know, like if if you tell me, "Hey man, I'm not trying to embrace you as my DJ," I'll respect that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll figure out my own way to get it, right? Not that I feel that I'm entitled to. I I never felt that I was entitled. Per se, because there, there's a lot of people, you know, since I've since I've been fired, you know, I, I, I've learned, you know, that a lot of people think that 
I thought that I was entitled, you know, that I that that I thought that Luda was just supposed to do certain shit for me and, I, and that I at uh, wanted a handout. Okay. You know, I never wanted a handout. So you mm-hmm. used the term, you used the word fired. What was what was that moment like when you did they was it was it even face to face or were you let go via text or you know? It definitely was not face to face. Okay. Um Okay, here here's what happened. I I, I tweeted a couple of things, you know. Uh, wait, during, wait, during, wait, wait, wait! You did a you did a Donald Trump. You was firing off tweets <laughs> early in the morning, and like they were hot no, takes. No, on, well, on. Y- you know they they got misconstrued as hot takes. Okay, but uh, you know, Luda Day weekend was going on. You know, here it is 2011. Luda Day weekend was something you know that if you're here in Atlanta, you know, Every takes over the city. Labor Day you know, weekend. Labor Day weekend yeah. is transformed into Luda Day weekend. So. Here I am, I'm his DJ, and I never got to rock at nothing during Luda Day weekend. You know, except, you know, when he would perform at something. You know, now. So no out, no parties, no, no parties, gigs, nothing like that. Nothing like because that. Because of Luda Day weekend, never, nothing ever thrown your way. Never. Okay. Right? So, you know, um, to be fair, hey, you know, I, I had conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, you know, I would like to DJ during Luda Day weekend. I don't necessarily want to be the main DJ at a party. You know, I don't give a fuck if I'm spinning at 9 o'clock when the doors open or 2 o'clock, you know, before they get ready to close. I just want to get on the tables somewhere, you know. It wasn't a money thing, right, you know, because I understand that the weekend is about charity, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Plus, I was already making some cool money. So I'm not asking, I'm not saying, dude, you got to hit me with some bread, blah, 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 blah. You know, anybody that knows me, they know I'll DJ for free if I want to. Don't don't say that too loud. I mean, people will no, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if, 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 it's yeah. some, if it's something that I want to do right, I bad you. enough, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> fuck it, I'll do 30 minutes. Your hour. I mean, you know, I've been known to play longer, but you know, if if it's something that I want to do, I don't give a fuck about the money, right? Gotcha. So let's just state that it's never it's never been about the dollar amount, right? Okay. So, um, you know, it was just a, another year. Years gone by, nothing happening. After having a conversation, hey man, you you know, hey man, you know, I, I want to play. I see what I can do, you know, blah, 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 right? And it would never happen. And then I, I just reached my breaking point, man. And uh, I was at Loca Luna. You know, I had some Hennessy in my system. I had two phones. I had, I had my, my iPhone. I had my BlackBerry. And I got on my BlackBerry, and I was like, a lot of people have been asking me how come I haven't been seen DJing at any of the Luda Day weekend events. Ludacris don't like his own DJ enough to let him rock. Plop, send. <laughs> you know, like it was. It's out there. It's in the universe. Yeah, it's in the, you know. Hey, if you, you want to go back six <coughs> years to dig the tweet up, be my guest. It's there. You know. Um, you know, I I didn't say fuck Luda, fuck your mama, fuck your daddy. I, all it was just a tweet regarding Luda Day weekend. 
fueled by that brown. Right? But again, the tweet wasn't vulgar. It wasn't, this mother, this bitch-ass nigga ain't never let me rock. It wasn't like that. Right. Right? But I hit send. Uh, (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, like, literally, I'm talking about, like, right right after I hit send, you know, I'm... Now I'm at Notifications my table. Just going I'm, off. I'm, yeah, right. The first the first notification I saw was from Julia Beverly from Ozone, Ozone Magazine. Ozone Magazine, okay. Uh-huh. She retweeted it and she was like, ooh. Oh. She was like, ooh. So I was like, okay. Maybe. Can we talk? The, 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 shady hot, the shady retweet has gotten a lot of people in. It's gotten in a trouble. lot of people fucked up. Like the, a lot of people the, the news reporter up. that kind of retweeted live at the press conference about Jamil Hill, um, you know, saying what she said about, tweeting what she tweeted about the president. I think kind of went viral after that at the, because then iHeart Huckabee on stage got mad and said what she said. So that started a whole. You know, a whole um, chain reaction. And so now you started a chain reaction. Right. So, you know, it started with the Julia Beverly. Ooh. Right. And mm. then somebody, you know, you know, because it wasn't just one tweet. It was maybe like five or six tweets. But all the tweets were specific to Luda Day weekend. Like, I'm sure the bloggers had a field day. Somebody screenshotted all my tweets put a made a blog Mm. titled it luda's dj puts him on blast hmm so um needless to say yeah after that you got the but the text what's crazy is i i did two shows with him after that after that happened right um you know because that was during luda day weekend so you know we had a event to do with red bull Mm -hmm. uh that was at the world congress center and then, uh, you know, a few days after that, we had a show in Toronto, which ended up being my last show. But I, I did the show, but he didn't he didn't say you're fired right then. Like, I just did the show. Right. I came back to Atlanta. We had um, we had like three weeks worth of international dates that were about to come up. Mm-hmm. Right. Two days before we get ready to go out the country. This is when the bullshit started happening. Like the road manager, JP, uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam's brother, uh, he's like, um, I wasn't able to get your work visa. <laughs> what? Nigga, you asked me for this info three months ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't able to get your work visa because. Your passport is about to expire and you have glasses on in your picture. What? That's clever. It's a clever way of curving you. Like. Okay. So, but here, here's the anti-curve, okay. right? JP, he, he's, he's in charge of anything that has to do with touring, right? If there's any type of emergency that arise that comes up, he got a black card. If there's a problem, make the problem go away, mm-hmm. right? So I hit him. I was like, okay, well, I can go to this passport expedition place on Roswell on Roswell Road, right? And you know, if, and make if, it happen. Yeah, if if that's what it's about, you know, fuck it, I'll go up and and 
Yeah, spend a couple extra dollars, get it, you know. Right. So let's get it popping. He's like, uh, uh, <laughs> okay, right. So I go. They tell me, you know, in order to get a new passport and a work visa turned around in two days because you know my flight is wednesday at 7 30 p.m it's not it's monday afternoon <laughs> right in order to get this shit turned around it was gonna cost a couple grand okay you know like actually close to four grand to be exact mm-hmm. right i hit jp i'm like hey man um put that black card down buddy <laughs> you know make it happen take it out of my show Take it out of my show money. Okay. You know, I'll pay for it. I just I don't have the money right now, but you know, just go ahead and pay for it. Make it happen. Uh yeah. uh, see, I gotta talk to Shaka. You know. What? Nigga, Chris has never done a show without me. What he you gonna beatbox? He gonna he gonna he's gonna do the show a cappella, nigga? Like what? Did, got the black card you got the power to <laughs> to rectify what the problem is right? right but uh i'll call you back <laughs> so all of monday went by all of tuesday goes by now it's 3 30 in the morning and on are wednesday your bag, are your bags packed i mean <laughs> <laughs> you all right so, so what happens is JP comes over to my crib mm. at like three something in the morning after a club, and he was like, "Let me get the instant replay machine from you." And I'm like, "The word? You gonna do a show without me?" Yeah, but I'm not fired at that point though, right? So I give him the instant replay machine. I'm like, "Okay, fuck." You know, it's all types of dates on the schedule that I was looking forward to, you know, I was looking forward to going to Turkey and mm. seeing, you know, places that I had never been before, you know, because I, I wanted to go see the of Great course, Wall right. of China and all that shit, right? And but then, you kind of knew something was coming down the pipe, though. I mean... Um, actually, no. Like, okay. Okay. To be cocky, I was probably like, okay, y'all do do three week, weeks worth of shows without me. When you come back, you'll be back. Yeah, kind of thing. You know, because again, Chris was used to working with me, right? Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I didn't see being permanently replaced, right? So I paid attention to Twitter, and I noticed DJ Infamous. uh, He sent a tweet. Are we talking about infamous that used to work at at V103? DJ. Yeah, anyway, so we I see the tweet. No, I used to work with him. So I I I know who you're talking about. I used to work with him too. Yeah, we (laughs) Again, yeah, we we all used to work together and didn't even know it at the time. Continue. Continue. So yeah, so I I see the tweet. He's like headed to headed to Singapore with my big brother Ludacris. (laughs) Right? So I'm thinking, huh. Interesting. Yeah, they'll they'll miss me by the time they, you know they come back because he he ain't fucking with me. Okay, skill wise, skill wise, stage wise, he's not fucking with me. So I just figured three weeks, you know, they'll see you with some bullshit and you know come back. And that wasn't the case. 
Hmm. You know, they came back. Shaka invited me to the office, wanted to have a meeting, wanted to talk about the Twitter shit. And, you know, I was like, hey, man, I apologize. You know, I apologize. It was sincere. Like, hey, man, you know, like I'll never, ever say nothing about this nigga on social media ever again. You know, we ain't never had no issues. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because at this point, you have to you have to think. 11 years of loyal work should count for something should count for something right you know you got niggas on your staff that stole money from you you got niggas on your staff that didn't try to holler at your chicks and, you know but former artists accusing you of stealing money you know hey man you know i just wanted to dj during luda day weekend you know i don't give a fuck about none of that other shit we don't have no money issues we ain't got no issues with chicks, you know, none of that shit. But, you know, Shaka was like, at, at first, Shaka was like, sit these next couple of months out. What? <laughs> what? Well, for a tour DJ and for, you know, for the working DJs out there, what is sitting out a couple of months? If you if you don't have steady gigs at home, what is sitting out for a couple months? What would that do to your income? It will fuck you up. But at that point in the game, I was cool. Okay. Right? You mm -hmm. know, because really, like from <clears throat> 2007 till about 2007 is when I really started making good money from the shows. You know, like before 2007, my show pay wasn't really nothing to brag about, you know. And even what I was getting from 27 to 2011 was is nothing to brag about, but it was definitely better than the seven years previous, right? So, um, yeah, when somebody tells you to to sit mm -hmm. for a minute, it's just like, okay. Um, but again, I didn't think that that was gonna be my my end, you know. So. You know, I, I had Luda money, which was life money. And then, you know, I was back on the radio at this point. Okay. The V103 money was kind of trick off money. I want to buy some sneakers, records, strip club, whatever. You know, I could fuck that off, right? Because I always had this over here, you right. know, right? But then, uh, you know, a lot of... You know the the it set a lot of things in motion. Um, all my my gigs that I that I had started drying up. You know um, there there were cities that I used to go to a lot on my own. You know that I used to do parties and you know all that kind of stuff. But when people found out that I wasn't affiliated with Chris, mm -hmm. like all that shit. Right up. Right. So, what would 2017 JC tell 2011 JC? What would I say? Don't say shit about your jobs on social media. <laughs> I think or, I think that's a blanket statement for everybody. Know, don't say whether you're a DJ so, or social you know, media. Stay off that social media, yeah. or at least save your gripes from or, social media. You know, if you're not okay, if you're not sure about your 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 people you know that you call crew or family stay the fuck off social media mm. right i think that's a perfect place to to stop and when we come back we're going to talk about radio 
and okay. you know radios kind of coming back into your life and DJ Cruz mm. yeah all mm. that good stuff with DJ JC this is mm. Shuffle and Repeat the podcast I'm DJ Sir Daniel I told you it was going to be a live one oh, keep we, it locked right here we we'll be right back we, we just, just warming up baby <laughs> yeah. it's Shuffle and Repeat the podcast let's go Hello, advertisers. It's DJ Sir Daniel. Thank you for listening to my show. Don't you love my voice? Well, it can be yours for an on-air spot just like this one. Email me at shuffleandrepeatpodcast at gmail.com. That's shuffleandrepeatpodcast at gmail.com for details on how you can get your own custom-made cotton candy sweet as gold live commercial spot. Let's get this money. Between Thank you, ma'am. So what do you think that I'm just a Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Last quote, this the quotable right here. Here you go. Woo! Hot damn, I'm great. I'm on the Yeah. All right, man. We are listening. Dog. If you've never been to a live recording of Shuffle and Repeat the podcast, you you just gotta come one time. If you're here in Atlanta, just. Keep your eyes open. Follow me on my website, thesirdaniel.com. Uh, just follow me on Instagram, DJ Sir Daniel, and uh, keep keep up to date on the next recordings because there are going to be a lot more coming in the future. We've been having a very live conversation with DJ JC, breaking down his history on the road with Ludacris, um, and of course talking about being a radio mix show DJ. And uh, at the time you were at V, there was a there was, V had a real heavy roster of DJs for their mix show. Shout out to DJ Herb, oh yeah, Tommy Fix, Herb, DJ Dose, DJ Cowboy, DJ, DJ Chip. Dose. Yes, rest in peace, um, Dose. Um, tell us about that leads me to this. Tell us about your days as being a part of the Super Friends DJ crew. <sighs> I mean, because, you know, the, there's pictures floating around with the jersey and, the, you know, the throwback and the hat to the back. And I think y'all had a ba- baseball cards, too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Super friends with Major in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all were real heavy out there. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know. All right. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I told you. Ask me anything. Okay. Hey, hey. So, so what was that for, you know? DJ, we hear a lot about DJ Cruz. What exactly was the benefit to being a part of a Super Friends? Or, you know, later on you had the Legion of Doom and then you had other affiliates coming coming along. Uh, what was the benefit? I mean, if I'm just really just keeping it honest it wasn't no motherfucking benefit for me okay. like um you know um you 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 get in a crew because you want to feel like you're a part of something right mm-hmm. you know you figure you're in a, a crew with like-minded individuals you know um it 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 started out you know, it, it started out, you know, um, it started out with good intentions. Um, 
Super Friends started out with like seven members. Um, Mars, Doc, Trauma, Fahrenheit, uh, DJ Precise. Not this Precise, <laughs> but there was a Precise. Tri-State tri tri yeah, Party Tri-State Party Precise from mm -hmm. Brooklyn. Um, and some light-skinned guy named JC. So, yeah, it was like six, Gotta have the one light-skinned dude, right? You know, um, <laughs> you know, it, it started, you know, uh, a squad of DJs who are making moves. So, uh, did, looking back yeah. on that experience, what what could you all have done to further DJ culture since you think it since you're saying it wasn't that much benefit what what could you have guys what could you guys have done to further the culture or to you know to to improve the legacy of other DJs on well, the come up it would have been a better experience if it just would have operated like a crew if you're going to be crew be crew what does that mean means if you're doing parties let everybody rock right i started out as a super friend member in 1997 you know excuse me i was asked to be a part of the super friends i didn't go to you know hey i want to be a super friend you know so let's be clear you were recruited yes <laughs> you were first first draft pick let's pretty say much it like that okay I mean, well, not being cocky but that's just no, what it was you, you know like i was uh you know, I was on V103. Yeah. You know, I was doing 88.5. I was playing at a lot of places in the city. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had a name. Um, so, you know, I, I was asked to, you know, get down with the with the crew. You know, we uh, took pictures on top of SO, you know, crew pictures. Wow. Club SO. That you know, SO that was, SO was on Peach Street. Cortland. Cortland, Cortland Street. Yes. Yeah. You know, shout out to Abe. Wow. But, yeah, you know, uh, started out as, you know, you think it's crew. They weren't really uh, marketing savvy at first, mm. right? So, you know, for the first two or three years, it was just basically a click of niggas, you know. that <laughs> with, that with matching jerseys. Yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't have jerseys at that point. Okay. Jerseys and baseball cards and shit, that, that didn't come into the game. Till maybe like 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point, you know, they had a guy on the on the squad that was into marketing, right? So he was the guy that was like, this guy, his name was Real, you know. So he was like, "Yo, y'all need to, y'all need to rock jerseys, you know. Y'all need to get custom jackets and blah 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 blah. Put your money together and, you know, so you know y'all look." Y'all already official, but this shit will make y'all look more official. So right? DJ JC wanted to do that today and organize something. What would you know? What would that look like, and what would be some of the benefits of becoming part of this crew? Like, would there be? You know, a lot of times in the DJ community, um, we see a lot of message boards and, and Facebook groups, and we always talk about and joke about the amount of money that people you know try to pay us and or you know as far as you know what it takes to pay DJs and what's respectful things like that do you think a DJ crew a well organized DJ crew can have an effect on that that's what super friends was supposed to be okay 
you know. But it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's what it was supposed to be. You know, if if everybody, you know, sticks to a certain price, you know, then you know, that that creates the value for all of us, you know, blah, blah, right. blah. If everybody is on the same page, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you got niggas wanting to play at stuff for free. You know, this this is how I lost, you know, one of my first DJ gigs. You know, I lost my, I lost a, a two-year regular spot at the warehouse that I used to do on Friday nights to a nigga that wanted to play for free. People like the free word. You know, you know, so yeah, you know, thing you, you that's that's what it was supposed to be at first, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's supposed to be on the same page, you know, with the money, you know. Then, um, okay, we 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 have to go back. Like I said, the Super Friends they weren't really marketing savvy at first. You know, they they did a few parties here and there, blah 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 blah. But then, like after two thousand, the party started getting big, bigger, better. Mm-hmm. You know, they started uh, having, you know, little celebrity parties, you know, actors, athletes would start coming through. And um, I know I started noticing now. granted, I'm on the road with Luda. Right. But I'm also noticing that when they're having these, they're starting to have these parties. Nobody's asking me to play at none. Right. <laughs> so. um. 2004 I I stepped off you know I had a conversation with Mars I was like hey man like you know um, I'm just a name on the back of a t-shirt you know like I'm traveling all around the world you know repping this shit you know going everywhere with this super friend jacket super friend jersey you know repping this shit and I come back here and I'm not DJing at nothing. You know, I'm tired of repping some shit that's not repping me. So now, with that being said, you still had the your career on the air. You were with v, back with V103 by that time, and uh, starting in, what, 2008? Yeah, I came back to the radio in 2008. And so... You've been on the road. You've, you know, you've mastered the whole um, mixtape culture. You, you know... Mm. You you've evolved as a DJ at this point. So now going back to radio, and radio is all about programming. Programming everything is programmed from the commercials we hear to the ten songs, we, same ten songs we hear every hour. It's all about programming. Dun, so dun, dun, to dun, 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 to go from dun, 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 dun. from that to being back on the air, did you feel like your creative side was um, was fed, or was it stifled coming back to the, to being on the air? Okay, shout to DJ Herb. Um, Memorial Day weekend, two thousand eight. I'm in. I'm poolside in Phoenix, chilling. You know, Phoenix was like a second home to me. I get a page from from Herb. Herb is like, "Yo, you want to come back to radio?" Um, I'm like, the only way I'll come back to radio is if I can play what I want to play, right? Because I I was noticing a trend. You know, uh, you know, you 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 when you when you start traveling a lot, you go to other cities. You you hear what radio sounds like in different cities. I started noticing that radio started sounding the same everywhere I went. You know, whereas it used to 
be different. You know, you could go to New York and you would hear Funk Master Flex, you know. Dropping uh, bombs and everything. Right, you know. Uh, but New York sounded like New York. You go to Philly, they don't sound like New York. The DJs, they don't sound like New York DJs. You go to D.C., they don't sound like they don't sound like Philly. Mm-hmm. 40 miles away in Baltimore, Baltimore DJs don't sound like D.C., even though they're right there, right? Different cities used to sound, saying all that to say, every market was kind of unique. Mm-hmm. But then there was a, a, a trend where radio program directors started putting the muzzle on on DJs that used to be able to play what they wanted they started saying you can only you can only play the records on this list right right so now you're going to different cities and everybody's sounding the everybody's same everybody's sounding the same yeah right so when herb hit me i was like i don't i don't want to sound the same i don't want to sound i don't i don't want to I mean, I'm going to sound different than everybody else anyway, just because we all hear music differently. You know, like we if everybody in here had the same crate, we would all have the same music. But I can guarantee you that everybody would play differently. We'd approach it differently. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was like, if I get to play what I want. And he was like, yeah, you can play whatever you want. I'll I'll holler at Reggie. (laughs) You know, and we'll we'll see. You know what's good. Program director Reggie Rouse, right? Mm-hmm. A uh, couple months later, I have a face to face meeting. It's me, Herb, and Reggie in Reggie's office. Reggie is like, "Play with, um, hey, Herb says you're dope. Play whatever the fuck you want to play." Really? You sure? You sure? Play whatever the fuck you want to play. All right. Trust me, I'm going to play whatever the fuck I want to play. Right. And that is exactly what I did from the moment that I, you know, because I was still traveling a lot. So at first I wasn't I wasn't mixing live. You know, mm-hmm. I would record my shit in my bedroom, email it in, go fly somewhere, you know, go to Dubai. My, my fucking mix is playing on the radio, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, people responded to what I did. You know, um, ratings, you know, which is very important. Very important for Arbitron, PPM. You know, they got specific things to look at. You know, and if if your number. TSL and all those numbers. If if your numbers suck, you out of there, right? So uh, I put numbers on the board, you know. all all age demos from 18 to 24 to 25 to 34 35 to 44 45 plus i was number one for playing what i wanted to play i didn't have no you know now occasionally me and red we would butt heads on some of the things that i would play you know now he gave me a very stern talking to for playing Dead Prez on the air, you wow. know, because, of course, hip, you know, the second verse, they're basically talking about what the fuck commercial radio sounds like right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sick of all that 
monotonous material, right. fake thug, blah, 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 all day on the radio. You know, that's what radio is, the same 10 fucking songs, right? So I play the shit. I'm, I'm in the booth rocking. Reggie comes in and he's like, he's standing at he's the like, window. If you've ever, listen, let me set the scene. If you've ever worked at that radio station, if, if the program director, especially Reggie Rosk, stands at the window and looks at you and gives you the death stare, Cut that motherfucking It's not record. a good thing. Cut it's it off. It's not a good thing. So go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, you know, we occasionally butted heads on certain records. You know, there were some certain records I couldn't understand why he would give me problems about, like, let's say the new edition, You Don't Have to Worry remix. It was a fucking hit with Missy. Yeah. Remixed by, by Puffy, right? It was a fucking hit. But every time I played that record, he would always be like, that new edition record. I don't what? <laughs> right? So that 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 wasn't a regular occurrence. But then it started happening a little bit too too much. Uh the month before I got fired, I saw the writing on the wall. It was a Friday, you know, typical Friday, you play crunk, crunk Atlanta shit on the radio, right? In in my particular mix, I played Hootie Who, Two Dope Boys in a Cadillac, Young Bloods, UA, Couldn't Be a Better Player, Lil John. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, your power, power records at the time. Uh, classic Atlanta Definitely. records. Yeah. Right? He pulls me in his office and he's like, um, We gotta talk about some of these records that you're that you're playing. And I'm like, What? Um, two dope boys, hootie who, like, these are not, these are not good outcast records. Excuse me? <laughs> like, he, he, he fucking said that shit, and I'm sitting here, I'm sitting right across from him, and I'm looking at him like, what? You've, saying to myself, you've got to be fucking crazy. Like, you, what? Yeah. Right? <laughs> When 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 I expect you to play I, the Outcast records that I expect you to play are Rosa Parks, Miss Jackson, Elevators. I'm like, bruh, you play these records every day, you know. Like, Outcast just sold out three fucking nights at Centennial Olympic Park, playing Hootie Who. Yeah, in addition to, you know, right, but he's giving me, you know, and it's not like this was my first time playing these records. I've been playing these records over the course of eight years with no issue, Mm. none. He never, ever questioned me about playing any of these records, right? So, like, right after that that happened, I sent Nabs a message, (laughs) you know, Nabs was at, at Boom, I was like, hey, man, let me know if something comes available over there. I was like, because I'm getting questions about Hootie Who and Two Doughboys and couldn't be a better player. Like records that I, that we know right. are classics here. Right? You know? And he's like, damn, that's fucked up. So, yeah, that, that was a month before I actually got fired. The day that I got fired, I walked in the office. You know, he came to the booth and you know asked me to come to his office and shit and uh he gets on he's on his computer 
and he pulls up records from uh, a mix that I had did maybe uh, the week before, right? Where I started off with Brazilian Rhyme by Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, now as a DJ, we know what that is, right? Brazilian Rhyme was never a single. It was, you know, it's not a number one hit per se, but when it's you a throw, nice segue. Yeah, it's you nice throw that break, shit on. Yeah. Like, yeah. motherfuckers get the soul clapping. Soul clapping, yeah. You, you know, like. People want to throw powder on the, on the dance yeah, floor. You, They're you getting know, ready. they about to get, go in. You know, I, I, I looped that part. Yeah. And I had Lisa Lisa, I wonder if I take you home up under it. Sounds number, solid. Number solid. one hit. You know, all my mix, you know, you know, since he pulled up everything, everything else in the mix was fire but he was like brazilian rhyme earth wind what is this so i tried to tell him what it was but he didn't give a fuck he it was already his mind was already made up that he was gonna fire me so you know he told me it was like you know i'm um ending your employment Hmm. you know over a fucking earth wind and fire record a 15 second loop of an earth wind and fire record that was on top of a number one record, right. a classic, but. So I think it, with that being said, if if another opportunity were to come up, but say a program director was more DJ friendly, would you go back to radio? I would go back to radio again if, as as long as I'm not playlisted. I would I would do radio here in Atlanta Okay, I think that I'm perfect for for boom, right? You know, because I, I listen, I, I I hear what Nabs plays. I can do that. And for the people Easy. out there, boom is more of a hip hop uh, station. Hip hop station, but plays more retro, classic, classic yeah. mm-hmm. hip hop. Like that's that's me era, all day. That's you all day. Gotcha. You. you know, I I can listen to Kiss 104. I hear classic R and B. You know, Magic 104. I listen to those stations, and I'm like. I can. I was doing all that mm-hmm. at V, right? So, if I were to get back on radio, I I just want to be able to play what I was already proven to play. Gotcha. <laughs> I told you this was going to be loaded, completely loaded. But I'm DJ Sir Daniel. Let's shuffle and repeat the podcast. We'll be right back. This is DJ Sir Daniel. Thank you so much for listening to Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. And right now, I want to talk to my business owners, you, the advertiser. This spot could be your own, very own, custom-made commercial spot. Let's talk about it. Email me at shuffleandrepeatpodcast at gmail.com. That's shuffleandrepeatpodcast at gmail.com. You can get your very own custom-made commercial on-air spot read live by me, DJ Sir Daniel. So let's talk about it. Now, let's get back to the show. What was that? That was uh, Words of Wisdom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Words of Wisdom. DJ Tommy Black has just been keeping us bubbling over here. Shuffle and repeat the podcast. I'm DJ Sir Daniel here talking with DJ JC. Having the, a really eye-opening conversation about his his life and times on the road, on radio here in Atlanta, but let's talk about 
Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff's 2017 playlist retreat. Give us the rundown of that experience. What was that like? <laughs> did you did you feel like Harry Potter getting the the letter being invited to Hogwarts was that it? I've never seen Harry Potter, so oh. so that reference was completely yeah, yeah, wasted. Yeah, that, that on shit you. completely oh, went over my head. God. Like you might as well have been speaking <laughs> Japanese, nigga. I was like, what? <laughs> no, but, but yeah. So were you were you um, hand selected to be a part of that? Yes. So. You were picked to go to that. From what I understand, this takes place at his home. His home, yes. And so he yeah. gathers DJs and producers, musicians from all across the country, from all across over the, the world. world. Yeah. And the 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 objective is at the end of the retreat. What is it? Seven days? No. Should I wish it was seven days? How many days is uh, it? It was really uh, five days, four nights. So five days. So at the end of that, the objective is that you, as a collect collective, are going to come up with. New music, isn't that correct? Um, that's one of the things that happened. Okay, you know, basically, you he he just puts all these people together, uh, just on some camaraderie type shit. You know, uh, you collaborate. You know, you you see the type of people that you're in that you're around. Like that shit motivates you to want to be uh, creative. Um, yeah, uh, like basically you, you, you get put in a situation like that, man, that, that should, it should light a fire up under your ass to, you know, like if, if, you, if you're slacking, mm -hmm. which I'll admit I have been, you okay. know, I haven't really been on top of my, Shit, but uh, being there around geniuses, like I mean, I'm talking about man. I, I was around some some really really great musical minds. You know, great songwriters, great artists, great producers, great DJs. Like all that shit rubs off on you. You know, um, it. it Definitely uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life, period. Point so taking blank. that experience and um, the feeling that you got, which I'm sure you'll remember for a lifetime, when you, as an instructor, and you come across a student, what kind of impression do you want to leave on a student after that you can you know, take from that experience with Jazzy Jeff and impress upon a student? Um. I, I, you know, with, with my students here, I, I, I think me and Precise, we just really, we we want DJs to just really tap into their full potential. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't necessarily have like when I was coming up, I didn't have a teacher. You know, like there were no DJ schools. Right. You know, so like everything that I kind of learned, I learned from like watching people. Um but yeah, you you know, um you you, you know, we we just try to inspire like use our experiences, you know, precise as a battle champion, you know, super super inhuman on the scratch, like I'm talking about this guy is a alien. Yeah. You this know, like I, I always refer to him as an alien. When I come in here, he's always 
on the tables doing some fucking cuts that I'm just like, God damn it, man. How you do that, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um, you know, we, we just try to use our experiences, you know, and, and share them, you know, with the people who are really passionate about learning. Like now, if you, if you don't really want to learn it, then fuck out of here. You know, I'm I'm not going to. I mean, you know, they say you can't take you can't take, you know, your knowledge and shit to the grave with you, right? You definitely want to pass you you want to pass it on to people that you see take a serious interest in it. Like if you're getting into the game, you know, on some, I just want to get some quick money, blah blah blah, and I want to be famous. Mm, I'm probably not gonna vibe with you too tough you know but if you come with a a pure love for the music you know because ultimately it's about the music it's about the music right you know so if you approach it from that standpoint and you're really sincere about wanting to learn hey man I'll, i'll tell you everything i know i'll tell you what to do more importantly what not to do You know, because, hey, I've had conversations with Tommy Mm -hmm. and Lib, you you know, it's like, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Do that. Do that. Do way more of that. Eh, eh, don't do this. Do that. You know, we, you know, um, I, I, I just, I, I want to pass I, I want to pass it on to the people who are passionate about learning. People Absolutely. who are as passionate about it as I was when I was picking it up. If I see that in you, then yeah. So speaking of passion, let's have a passionate rapid fire session real quick with DJ JC. Uh-oh. First thing that comes to your mind when I, when I say these um, terms, topics, numbers, whatever it is, just first thing that comes to your mind. Why did I agree to this? Yeah, uh. it's, it's going to be fun. All right, 1987 versus 1992. Music-wise? Music-wise, because you just recently did a 87 versus 92 party, correct? Yes. So <laughs> hip-hop, so what, what, what was the, the verdict? 87 versus 92. Man, I love both years, man, but because I was getting... I, I was you know, wanted to just really get, you know, submerge myself in, and, uh, you know, I would lean towards 87. 87, golden era, okay, cool. Celebrity DJs, helpful or hurtful? <laughs> See, that, that can be, if, if they take the craft serious, and if they're, you know, they have it, that passion that yeah, you're talking they, about? Yeah, if they got the passion, cool. You know, if you're just in it for a quick, fuck out of here. Gotcha. Worst excuse you've heard from a promoter explaining why they don't have your bag, meaning your payment, your money. Worst excuse. Okay, this has actually happened to me. Uh... I was just flat out told that I wasn't going to get my money. So I whooped his ass. 
Okay. Uh, we're not going to name names because we don't we don't know the statute of limitations on. Oh, you know, on it's, the been, ass it's been it's been twenty two years. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah. you know, <laughs> hi Alex, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So back to the celebrity DJs um, <laughs> situation. I you know I I agree with you about you know if they're passionate about it and they. You know, they really, really want to learn. I don't see anything wrong with it because it can actually make a, you know, I can see why promoters will latch on to that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, there are some good ones. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there are, you know, some other ones where I'm like, why? You know, like, I love Snoop. I don't want to see him behind no turntables, though. Like, I don't. True. You know, now granted, Snoop knows some great music. Like, I, I remember being uh, in L.A. during the Holiday Inn video shoot with Chingy. And he was in a drop-top Impala smoking weed, listening to Jackson 5, um, everybody's somebody's fool. And I was just like, yo, like, he knows some, some dope-ass music, but... Technique-wise? Technique-wise, nah. Nah. Man, JC, it's been uh, definitely a pleasure chopping it up with you and having you on Shuffle and Repeat. I know this conversation could go on much longer than this. Like I said, I, the stuff that we talked about off air, that stuff needs to be in a book. That kind of stuff you need to go ahead and put in a book and, you know, definitely put your life on paper. You know, a, a lot of people have told me that I should write. You know, writing is something that, I, that I've that i always loved doing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I want to send a shout out to, uh, you know, my English teacher, at Columbia High School, or well, you know, she shout out to Columbia. She, you know, High she she passed away, uh, Miss Joan Hess. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, I, I speaking you, of English, like what would how would your peers describe you? I don't know. It depends on who you ask. Who you you know, some some people <laughs> might be like, ah, fuck that nigga. You know, then uh -huh. there might be some people that would be like, yo, he's alright. You know, there are some people that think that I'm quiet. And they don't they don't quite know how to take me, mm -hmm. right? Because you're so used to seeing me not really say much, you know. You can't really get a read on me. But the pe I think the people that really try to get to know me, I mean, you know, I certainly have flaws. You know, I, I'm, you know, I, I I'm certainly a flawed individual. You know, but I'm trying to work on rectifying some of the flaws, <laughs> you know. And so if, if anybody wants to find this flawed individual DJ, JC, how do they get in contact with you and how do they keep up with you? Um, Twitter. Twitter.com. You still tweeting? You know, I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't tweet as much as I used to. Yeah. You know, because I think when I first started tweeting, I, I didn't really get it. But then mm -hmm. once I got it, it's I was like, like fuck, I got to tweet everything. Yeah. Now, everybody don't need to know. Everything. 
you know, the, the so kind of the water I'm drinking right. and shit, you know. So what's the Twitter handle? Uh, DJJC, DJJAYCEE. Um, you can hit me on Instagram, uh, Instagram.com, DJJAYCEE313. You know, I always got to rep the hometown, you know, Detroit. Shout to New Face. You know, what up, though? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, DJJC313. Um, you can find me on SoundCloud, uh, even though they don't let me upload anything new, you know, because I got so many strikes, you know, <laughs> copyright issues and shit. Mm. Uh, but SoundCloud, um, Periscope, you know, I'm known to do an impromptu live set on Periscope.tv forward slash DJJC. Um, I have a monthly party, Eargasms. Uh, that's now five years, you know, been doing that for five years. Uh, I started that because I, I, you know, I didn't have any, after I got fired, I didn't have nowhere to DJ here in Atlanta, you know, even, even though I was on, even though I was on the radio, I didn't have a place in the city that I could play music that I liked. So started that, you know, it's been going on for five years now, um, I just did a, a mixtape uh, a couple months, uh, about a month and a half ago called Blends with Benefits. Um, you know, um, DMC, um, will I compete in 2018? Probably not. I think I'm done with the DMC aspect. But uh, Red Bull 3 Style, uh, that's like my favorite DJ competition right now. So. Um, they just announced the USA finalist earlier this week. I didn't make it, but you know, uh, it'll. It's just inspiring me to go harder next go year. Harder next time. Yeah. Well, they, there you have it, DJ JC. This has been Shuffle and Repeat the podcast. We're going to keep that passion going. And remember, we're doing it for the culture because we are the culture. One, oh, is, one, uh, one, one last thing. Okay. I actually want to say thank you to Ludacris real quick. You know, I, I know like a lot of people thought that this was going to be a, a messy, you know, where I was going to, you know, uh, you know, um, I had some good times traveling with him, you know, like it definitely was a great job, you know, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm kind of glad you know, that that happened because without that happening, I wouldn't be doing some of the things that I'm involved in exactly. right now, you know. So, you know, he just celebrated a birthday, you know. Uh, so happy birthday, Chris. Thank you for firing me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very important just to, to know that whatever path you're on, you know, some things happen only for a season and then you move on to the next thing. Whatever opportunity you have will take you to the next one. Yeah. So I appreciate you for sharing that, um, for sharing your stories with us. Um, I appreciate you guys out there listening to this podcast. Remember, you can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud. Um, always go to thesirdaniel.com to check out Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. I thank you once again. And until next time, we'll see you later. There's no way that the crowd can sit down. Give it up for JC, y'all.